But the worst thing I ever done, I mixed up all this fake puke at home, and then I went to this movie theater, hid the puke in my jacket, climbed up to the balcony, and then, then I made a noise like this. Lights on. That means I did it. We have both done it. Cool. In multiple different facets of life. <laughs> <laughs> um, accurate statement. Yes, as you know, as uh, proven by. We don't need to get into that. <laughs> the fruit of our loins. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we can go there. We have filled the earth. If you want to go there, we can go there. <laughs> Well, this 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 is a podcast by dads for dads. That's fair. It's <laughs> littered with dad jokes at times, so why not uh, why not just talk about what makes us dads? You know, rad right. rad dads at that. Rad. So easy core has a whole new meaning. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> are you saying I, that, that? That's as far ahead as I thought. <laughs> are you saying we're easy? We're easy. That's why we well, have children. It was. It didn't take. Yeah. Just yeah. I don't. I don't know where we're going with this. So so I don't think we should go any further with it. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're not really prepped on this one. Uh, easy core though. That's what we're going to talk about. This episode is um, like a week or so late, but that's kind of what happens when uh, life gets in the way, I suppose. But uh, before we get into all that, welcome to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. Uh, I am David. That guy's Aaron. Hello, Aaron. Hey, what's going on? Here hey, I am. Here you are. Make sure you go follow us on our updated uh, social media stuff because now Twitter and Instagram are just the same handle at Growing Punk Pod. You can find our personal uh, Instagrams, and well, I'm on Twitter, so I think my personal Twitter is linked on ours, but yours isn't. It probably just says, you know, your hosts at David Growing Up and some butthead. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> that's what. Look that's me up. Yeah, there you go. That's what I'm going to change it to if it doesn't say that. <laughs> Your hosts are at David growing up and some butthead. So yeah. Well, maybe maybe I'll get back into Twitter just uh, so I have an excuse to yeah get on it. I was tweet at I don't know. I was just presidential candidates. Or you I don't could. Know what you do with that? I don't know either. But uh, I had an interesting. Speaking of Twitter, I, I sent you a, like a screenshot of this. But I had kind of an interesting back and forth actually. Um, with Dragged Under, who we I reviewed their record a couple weeks ago now when it kind of first came out. Um, but we had a guy named Jordan uh, at Jojo Flow Twenty Five on uh, Twitter was tweeting sure. about uh, he was listening and he was tweeting about that episode and he said, um, "Wow, the part of the last song does sound like the Weezer song. Never put two and two together till I heard the pod, <laughs> which was I, I. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, go listen to my review of Dragged Under because I compare one of their songs with a Weezer song and then I play the clips back to back and you can see how close they are. But where it gets awesome is that Dragged Under uh, replied to that that said, uh, "Legend has it that Weezer went forward in time and stole that from us." 
to oh, which <laughs> to which I Way to throw them under the bus right to which I said smart use of time travel if you ask me and then dragged under with a good one here said you know the platform Deezer that's how they do it you upload to Deezer and boom Weezer goes back in time <laughs> steal your ideas so I thought that was real good so that's a reason why you should be on Twitter um, and you know if you the listener is on Twitter and you're not following us get on it all sorts I, I mean. That was that was c- carried completely by <laughs> by dragged under, not so much me, but <laughs> it was good. I thought is, it was funny. Is Twitter a platform that like bands would typically reply to more consistently than like Instagram, Instagram? or Facebook? I think it kind of. Or de- is it just kind of? It probably depends on the band. Like I've had interactions on both for sure um, with bands. I trying to think which would be more active. I mean, probably. I typically post more on Instagram, I think. I mean, actually, that's not even necessarily true. I definitely post more on Twitter now that I think about it. Because on our Instagram, I typically just post the artwork for our new episodes for the most part. Um, So, you know, it's like once a week or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, I I can think a handful of times for sure, like where I've had back and forth with like, I mean, Dragged Under, Handguns. um, uh, MXPX. Uh, well, yeah, Mike from MXPX, there was one. There's a bit of back and forth. So, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I've never really thought about it, whether or not there's more back and forth on there. I find there's more, like, follows on Instagram. Like, people okay. are more willing to and likely to follow. Maybe it's just because on Instagram, it's just pictures. So you just scroll. You know what I mean? Like, it's less work to follow than it is on Twitter to, like, sit there and go, okay, what does this tweet say? What does this right. tweet say? And just move along. So. Maybe and I'm more drawn to a picture than yeah. just a, a phrase or something. So, well, and that's what I mean. Yeah, like I, I think that's part of it too. Is that just the visuals on Twitter? It's easier to kind of like find yourself engaged and go, yeah, why not? I kind of like that picture. Let's see what they have to offer in the future, or what have you, right? Like, yeah. Um, so, I would definitely say in that regard, as far as yeah, the back and forth, it's pretty, it's pretty consistent, which is funny because like we've talked about this before. I mean, this is how you've gotten in contact with some of your interviews is just via Instagram that we grew up in a time that that wasn't really a thing at all. Right. Like to be able to contact a band and just be like, Hey, what's up guys? Like, like that's very new to. That's how you got blacklisted from shows. (laughs) Did did you, did you guys have any where you're just like, uh, (laughs) chill out? No, I don't think so. It's just funny that to think of messaging (laughs) a band and be like, yeah, I'll be at the, I'll be at the show. I'll be behind, uh, behind the venue when you're done to talk. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, oh, there's extra security there now. Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> it's, it's never and like this it's before. Just, and now it's just like, oh, cool, yeah, we want to talk about music. And, yeah. and I think a, a, a cool part about that is with the accessibility, um, I think there's less people now that, or it seems there's less people that are genuinely interested to talk about music instead of just, you know, because there's right. so much. It'll be like, right. oh, this single or that or whatever. And so I think that's maybe it's just with with punk bands or more underground music or whatever. But it seems that you know even if they're in a bigger band, they're still stoked to talk about music because sure. if you're reaching out to talk about that, then you know they know you're legit. You're not just like looking for an autograph or something. Yeah. So. I mean, at the same point, it's obvious that the internet, whether it's Twitter or Instagram or YouTube or whatever, can also be quite toxic. So I know, oh, yeah. like, there's I know a lot of artists will be like, oh, I don't even bother you know, like reading reviews and stuff like that or reading YouTube comments and what have you because a lot of times, yeah, they're just like people being toxic and and dumb. So, um, but yeah, no, it seems to be like, it's it's awesome being able to have that back and forth. I think that social media provides. So 
All that said, go follow us at Growing Punk Pod on Instagram and Twitter and find our personal handles there as well. Um, we are here to talk about this. So this, I, I think I said a few minutes ago that this episode's kind of a week late uh, because we originally said it was going to be last week and then just schedules in life and stuff got in the way. So we released uh, your interview with Rob Kucherek of Autopilot Off, which was awesome. That was fun to listen through and go back and go, oh man, I definitely remember a lot of this. Um so this week, the episode, we're, we're kind of getting back on track. We mentioned it on our Newfound Glory episode. We're going to talk about Easy Core. Uh, specifically on this episode, we're going to talk about a day to remember and uh, Chunk, no Captain Chunk, um, because we, we picked four of the, the, the big four, I guess you could say, of Easy Core. The big yeah. four of Easy Core. Um, oh, look at that. We got yeah. a sweet tag name. They're <laughs> the big four of Easy Core. Uh, yeah, so... I guess first and foremost, we're going to get into a Day to Remember's album, Common Courtesy. So you actually, I think, yeah, you picked this one. You asked yeah. me, yeah, you said between this one and Homesick, right? Yeah. Yeah, so Homesick in the, the past life of the podcast, I'd actually discussed it with uh, well, yeah, Jordan. Right. Yeah. And so myself, I have like a little bit of, I was going to say experience, that's not the right word, but whatever, uh, familiarity with A Day to Remember. I like basically for the most part completely missed the boat on Easy Core in general. Um, every now and then, like there, there was a time where I was just like, ah, I don't know if I like the mixture of the pop punk and like metalcore sort of thing that's going on. Like, so I kind of like stayed away from it. Like a day to remember, I when Homesick came out, I had a friend um, suggest it, so I definitely checked it out. Like he played it for me, and I remember listening to it. And being like, yeah, this is kind of cool because like at that time I was more into in this world more into like heavier music right like um, yeah. I never fully dove in like I was always more on the side of like I mean we briefly texted earlier today about like hopes fall like that kind of stuff um, where you know it's not necessarily full of breakdowns and whatever right although some of the stuff I listened to would be but so like I was kind of intrigued but at the same point I was also kind of like ah, okay and then just sort of moved on so I didn't really come around to them until a year or two ago and then we decided to do this. And so you said homesick. And I said, well, I've kind of done that one. Let's do a different one. So Common Courtesy is what we landed on. And I was glad because this album I actually wanted to listen to just by like kind of browsing their artwork. I was like, yeah, that one's interesting. Like the artwork's pretty plain, but I was like, I'm in. So let's get your initial thoughts on Common Courtesy as a whole. Yeah. Well, even just to backtrack, just a quick no tangent. No backtracking. I mean, the, <laughs> the first time I heard them, it was on their... 
um, their first like kind of official full length for those who have heart. And I do remember thinking this was back when I was still touring and we would listen to it, you know, in the van. And it was it was like an odd thing. I remember everyone kind of being, you know, we would listen and it was poppy, and then all of a sudden we're like, "What is going on right now?" <laughs> yeah. Like it definitely didn't didn't catch on right away, even though we all listened to popular stuff and heavier stuff. And there were heavy bands that had poppy parts to it, but right. there was something something different about them. Which I mean, I think is always cool when a band can kind of be ahead of a curve, so sure, to speak, yeah. and and just go for something. And obviously, it's it's uh, played well in their favor. Um, yeah, and then yeah, again, Homesick was an awesome album. Common courtesy. So even with the artwork, you wouldn't have it just. I mean, if it was on digital, it just kind of has. Um, the C's, but on the actual CD, which I have, those are um, like die cutouts or whatever, and there is actual artwork oh, okay. that, that slips behind in behind. It. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the artwork is actually pretty cool. I think it's like four different panels of um, like hand-drawn or um, what do you call that kind of um, graphic art or whatever. So yeah. it is pretty cool. But I, um, yeah, this – yeah, sorry. Well, I was going to say I'm trying to find – because on um – on Apple Music, the only it looks why is that the only copy of Homesick I can find is like the special edition. So it, it's got different artwork. But I was oh, yeah. I was gonna point out how often they because I was gonna try and see like is is in behind the seas like on the digital version here. I'm trying to fit, like you can see like the guy's silhouette because they right. they do that a lot, right? Like the back of someone and it's like a silhouette. They've got it on a number of different records. Um, but I was trying to see if it's kind of like a, the same take on Homesick, but it's hard to tell just by the artwork that's on here. So I'm not 100% sure. But I do find that intriguing that a lot of their records outside of For Those Who Have Heart and I guess Old Record huh, um, kind of have that idea going on where it's like the back of someone like walking away or like you're right. behind. So I, I wonder what it is about that because that's clearly what's going on in the artwork for Common Courtesy as well. They've just kind of hidden it a little bit with uh by by covering it and then just cutting out so on the the actual cd though is that what's inside of it like do you remember the artwork when you open it out like inside the diet like the cutouts yeah there's i can't remember which exact image it is because there's kind of depending on how you fold that uh, oh sure piece yeah. of paper yeah. in it there's there's different images that you could put in behind yeah. there um yeah i can't remember what the exact one is interesting but. Uh, yeah, it'd yeah. be interesting because even watching like their videos on YouTube, like just the, the album stream or whatever videos that they have on YouTube, yeah. inside the seas, it's like the image is actually like moving, like as if they're. Oh uh, yeah, I'm assuming they've taken the different as you're talking about the different images, and then they're just kind of panning in it, so it, like you could there's some movement to the video. It's nothing huge, but um, I just I know one of the ones I was watching for the songs that we're going to talk about. I was like, oh, that's not what's inside the artwork. Um, it's, it's something that's different. So I'm just wondering if it's the different panels that you're talking about that they're just kind of featuring in there. But that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's yeah. that, that would have caught my eye for sure, like picking up a physical copy. And, uh, I mean, that's we've talked about this so much. Like, especially that's interesting to me because, like, that's clearly a record released in the digital age, and they still put that thought into the artwork. Like, we don't see that a lot, right? Like, right. When people, well, I don't... When that album came out, or um, I don't, I don't know if it came out directly onto streaming services. Right. If there, if there was, then just because of all the 
kind of drama that was going on. So I had actually um, backed that album because they had done, um, I don't know if it was a Kickstarter. I mean, there's, so if you don't know, there was a whole bunch of drama, you know, going on with this album being released and the lawsuit with Victory Records. And as I say, I don't know, but I saw some, uh, I saw some references to that in, uh, like when I was reading some, it was either comments on YouTube or whatever that people were, Referencing some of the lyrics, being like, "Oh, this is yeah, a, a direct them, thing yeah. at victory." Yeah, um, but yeah, go on. So, yeah, it's. I mean, it's all on Wikipedia or whatever. If, if listeners desire to go and get the whole story, if they didn't hear about it. Um, so, anyways, they ended up. So, what was cool with this album is nobody, even the band, didn't know when it was going to be released because they were waiting to hear back from a lawyer on if they, um, you know, if they could legally release it on their own without the label and. Hmm. Um, so anyways, I had backed this album, and I was anticipating it, and just kind of randomly an email went out saying, hey, we heard back from the lawyer, we can release the album, check your emails. Hmm. And I can still remember that night, like coming, I, I stayed up late that night, I brought my headphones down and and listened through it and read all the lyrics, and which is fairly rare to do, you know, in this day and age, even, yeah. when, even when an album comes out that I'm really looking forward to. You know, rarely will I set aside specific time to right. sit there and yeah. listen to them from front to back. And I don't even really remember why this one specifically, why I did that. But I think just the anticipation, um, they hadn't really released. And I think they'd released maybe one song like six months prior um, before they kind of really knew what was going on with this lawsuit. And so there was all this kind of anticipation built up and people saying like, you know, was it just going to bomb or whatever? And, and I mean, it ended up doing amazing. I think it was like, you know, almost a hundred thousand copies or whatever in that first week or something. Um, but yeah, I was, I, I remember sitting there and just loving listening to this album. Um, you know, I loved homesick and, and like I said, for those who have heart before that and, uh, yeah, just lots of really good standout moments to me. This is my favorite, a data member record. Um, I feel like, you know, they're one of those bands, few bands that mix, um, different genres within their sound, Sometimes they they'll put the same, or they'll put different genres within one song. Sometimes it's completely different. And I felt like this with this album they kind of broke it up more than uh, maybe past albums. So they still do have you know popular songs with heavier parts, but I thought that you know they kind of focused on making you know and I know this is kind of a cliche thing to say you know the heavier songs are heavier, the popular are popular and whatever. Yeah. But as I listened to the whole thing prepping for this, like it just is. That's what it is. But I think it really worked in their favor. Like, to me, I would almost rather just a heavy song. We focused on heavy. Like, maybe still have some um, melodic parts to it. Um, but I don't necessarily want, like, a super poppy song with breakdowns. I'd rather just kind of right. keep it segregated. And it seems to work for them. Like, when I listen to it, it doesn't seem choppy to me or, like, back and forth. Um, you know, the tracks are, are mixed well in the, uh, you know, alignment of songs and so, yeah, I think like with Easy Core in general, because I mean, the, it's a similarity I see between this record and the next one we're going to talk, except kind of to further your point on this record, it seems to be done more just like the mixing of stuff, like whether it's, you know, kind of keeping the poppier songs poppier and the heavier songs heavier or whatever. But at the same point, like still a lot of those songs, like the poppier songs, I think they're still kind of heavier. Like, I mean, obviously heavier than, you know, 
talking about a band like I guess more contemporaries at this point, like Knuckle Puck sort of thing, or Real Friends, right? right. Like, yeah, they're yeah. they're not heavier bands by any means, right? So, um, but it, yeah, it's there is. It's interesting that you you kind of talk about the mix. I don't know if you're just talking about like uh, like the track listing and how that's laid out, or if you're when you say mix, like you're talking about the actual production and the mixing. Is that, I mean, no, yeah, like how the tracks are laid. Okay, out. Okay, yeah, because one of, one of the issues I, I had with this record and that I had with Homesick even is that, and I guess it's it's not really a production thing. It, it feels like it could be a production thing, but the more I listen to a day to remember, I just realize. It's a Jeremy thing. Uh, in this, that's his name, right? Jeremy, the singer. Yeah. yeah. In that, his voice to me just never sounds clear. Like it, mm. it always sounds. There's a few times where it sounds clear, and it's on the softer songs, like one of which we'll talk about. And then there's at least one other acoustic song on the record, maybe. Yeah. Another one, but, um, but like in most songs, I find that his vocals always feel, whether he's screaming or singing, like always feel a little bit muddy. And, yeah. And maybe it's because he puts like a natural distortion on his voice when he's singing. Like it's not like when he goes clean on these songs, he's just like flat out singing clean, you know, and then hitting falsettos and stuff like that. Like he's always got like a grit and a natural distortion on his voice. But it kind of like I, I, I think the last time with the homesick review that I did with Jordan, you know, forever ago, I think I described his vocals as like phlegmy. Like it just always mm. sounds like something's in his throat. Um which again, you just kind of get used to. One giant improvement I find from this record, not to compare too much to Homesick, but was that on Homesick, I just thought like the gang vocals were all so ridiculously overdone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this record, that was one thing I was like, okay, I really want to listen to this one because like looking at the artwork, it looks more, you know, like put together and more yeah. professional and all this stuff. And knowing that Homesick was fairly early in their career, I'm like, you know, I want to see the growth. And so. For sure, in songwriting, like this record took a took a step. And sticking with the vocals, though, it's fun listening to his voice because I can pick out like with his singing voice, like so many different um, kind of like comparisons. Like at, at first, I was like, "Oh, it reminds me of Story of the Year" at times. And then the more I listened to it, as I texted you and I said, "Do you remember the band Kids in the Way?" Like when he oh, yeah. sings his vocals, like when the guy from Kids in the Way would kind of like hit those big vocals. Um, it reminds me of that. And then at times. It reminds me of, I don't know if you ever listened to the band Biffy Clyro, but there's like parts where his, if you haven't, you, you should. There's parts where his vocals remind me of Biffy Clyro where I'm like, oh, this is this is neat. But um, yeah, overall, my, my comment says, vocals remind me of a mix between Kids in the Way, Biffy Clyro, and Mud. I just realized I wrote and Mud because they kind of <laughs> sound muddy. But, um, that's, yeah, and that's funny you mentioned that because I have thought that about multiple a day to remember albums yeah and and to me this one is actually the best produced one the one before what separates me from you and the one following bad vibrations both and i don't really know why because they're like with bigger name producers but there's just something that just doesn't sound like clear and yeah, yeah I, I don't really know what it is but it drives me crazy because it will come in and i'm like why does it just sound so like are you talking it, in general or just as vocals well in general um yeah. But yeah, also with his vocals, I mean he's a he's a great vocalist. Yeah. I don't know if it's just the kind of like raspiness that he has to it that yeah I, I, don't, yeah, I don't know much about production to kind of pinpoint that. But I have felt in some of their records, it just doesn't sound nice and clear. I don't yeah. know what that is. Well, but. and I I find too with um, like even the production on this, it's just not 
like it's not punchy to me. Like it doesn't jump out. Like it sounds fine, right? But I just feel like it it lacks a little bit of life. I don't know if that's the right word to use, but um, it's just and and maybe that's like you know knowing what uh, like pop punk and metalcore albums typically sound like. The guitars just don't seem to like be as bright. Right, like in like clear sounding, and I mean that that could just be a preference too with their tones and how they play and whatever, right? Like it's, it doesn't. By all means, it's it's not a bad sounding record. It's just I always, whenever yeah. I listen to it, I'm like, I just wish there's a little more. Like, life is the word that comes to mind, but I don't know if that's actually the right word because um, that makes it sound like it's a dead sounding record, but it's not. Um, before we get into talking about our songs, one thing I did want to point out that I love about a day to remember. And this goes back to like, uh, even talking about homesick and whatever, but how they'll show their sense of humor within songs while still being a band that writes serious heartfelt songs. Right. Um, yeah. like, so for instance, on the song, right back at it again, right before the breakdown, when he says brace for impact, I just think yeah. that's great. Right. Like, <laughs> I'm like, Oh, it gets me. And then one of the songs we're going to talk about, there's a piece at the beginning that I'm like, Oh, that's fantastic. And, uh, going back to, um, homesick, how they like sing the intro on the very first song, right? Like the breakdown, the da 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 da. I was like, yeah, like that stuff's just fun. Right. Um, and the fact like they do it, they do it a, a fair bit. So, Without wasting any more time, though, let's talk about the first song that you picked, which is uh, Sometimes You're the Hammer. Is it Sometimes You're the Hammer and Sometimes You're the Nail? Yeah. Something like that. But that's what we're going to talk about. that title because it i mean it's <laughs> it's true kind of yeah well gotta go any anywhere in life right sometimes you're the one kind of getting beat up and sometimes yeah. you're the one yeah. you know not not to sound so dramatic but right um but yeah and it's yeah when you kind of think about the album the stuff they were, they were going through yeah it kind of makes it more interesting into kind of what um you know their perspective of of the song well, and this was, too, like, one of the songs I was talking about where they kind of do something fun in it, like the beginning of this song. Yeah. How he's, like, just kind of, like, mumbling the words, and he's like, I got it! And then it, like, goes into the actual, like, uh, like the line and whatever. I'm like, that's pretty awesome. And then, I mean, obviously at the end of this song, he's got the whole, I think, what is it? He finishes a line, and then they all, like, harmonize on the word bitch. And then he, that, I think that's on the opening track. Is that... I don't know if yeah. it is. I feel maybe it's definitely not on this one. It's either on the opening track or or actually no, it's on or, right back yeah. at it again. It's on the song oh, right okay. before this. But uh, I love the the part though where they're like talking about 
Do you think we should leave it? In? Yeah, leave it in there. Leave it in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but um, but yeah. What is? Yeah, I was gonna say especially again with with the overall overall kind of heaviness that not musically heaviness, but just um, you know surrounding the the legal stuff and yeah. whatever. I, I think adding those little parts just kind of helps it to be like okay, like you know they're going through all this crap, but you know they can still kind of. You know, they still need to poke fun at things and, and not be super serious with it. It seems like they've got their head heads on their shoulders, which, I mean, obviously they, you know, I, they're the reasons, like, they started Self-Help Fest, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, they've obviously got kind of like an, an image and, you know, a, a brand and a, and a purpose as a band, a mission as a band, which is one of the things that I kind of appreciate about the band. Even if there's, like, songs that don't necessarily pull me in like a records as a whole that necessarily pull me in one thing i do love about the band though is like you know in a time when like they're i should say they're kind of like one of the first bands that i'm i'm aware of and this probably isn't 100 percent accurate but like going back to like the evolution of pop punk i feel like they're kind of one of the first bands coming out of the era where pop punk was basically either silly or about having your heart broken or being in love with a girl right or whatever yeah and then yeah. they are like one of the first bands, like with a group of bands that kind of turned the page a little bit and went, no, like pop punk can be serious too, right? Yeah. Which to an extent, I feel like with some bands, it's kind of been taken a little, like it's gotten quite melodramatic lyrically with some right. bands. But I feel like they're they're a great band that um, just kind of like did it really well or is still doing it really well. I guess they're still a band that's together. Uh, still waiting on that new record to come out, <laughs> but yeah. who knows? Who knows? Maybe by the time this well, no, by the time this comes out, it won't be out unless they surprise release it in the next couple of days. But um, yeah, but yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. I and I think that's one reason why, even if some of the like the records are my favorite, I do appreciate um, just their lyrics and their kind of overall vibe. That you know, their silliness isn't in like a typical like. You know, blink style yeah. punk. Yeah, but they, they, you know, they still have that lightheartedness to it, but yeah. it's not like annoying and like high schoolish. I guess hey, you watch your mouth about blink. <laughs> oh, I mean that—that's what makes a band like blink blink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, if if a day to remember just tried kind of doing the same thing, I don't think it would play in their favor. Right. It would just yeah, be yeah. Like, okay, we get it. You're just you know you're trying to bring that influence in, but yeah. I think this way it kind of holds their own and makes them stand out. Oh, for sure. There's a line in this song that uh, when I first read it, I was like, oh, that's fantastic. Uh, it says, that's why sad songs make me happy because I don't have to feel alone, which, I mean, the line itself, when you look at it, it's kind of like, it can come off as a little bit cheesy, but uh, the sentiment behind the line, I think, is what I really get into is like, because, I mean, obviously sad songs can help people you know, like deal with things that they may be going through. But I like the idea kind of of like looking at that line and going, well, like just music in general, it doesn't have to be sad. It can be happy yeah. music. It can be angry music. It could be anything in between. It's just like stuff that music is something that you can feel and use as whether you want to call it an anchor to get through things or use it as something to kind of like, you know, push you over the edge in a good way, like to take that step sort of thing. If you're, you know, afraid of, you know, taking a step or whatever, like just all sorts of things. I just like the idea of them recognizing and stating that, you know, like music plays a big part in our everyday lives and how we face and deal with things. And it's just, again, part of like, I think their overall package that, uh, that they're trying to portray as a band. Yeah. 
Yeah, for me, this is, I think this is probably my favorite track on the album. This is the one, I remember when I was listening to it, you know, the first first two tracks were awesome, you know, yeah. more kind of their classic punk sound. And I remember when this one came in, you know, after that kind of pre, pre-verse, and it just goes into that heavy part, and I was just like, man, yes, let's do this. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just a super, like, explosive song. That's kind of the word that comes to mind when I, when I thought of it. Um, I love the... Um, the chorus on it is is really catchy and helps to break it up, um, and uh, and the bridge on this song is one of my favorite parts on the whole album. Definitely my favorite bridge on the album. It really creates a, a cool space to the song. Kind of you know dies off a bit and then comes into this um, this next right. part. And I mean like lyrically, just really kind of vulnerable and. You know, kind of portrays what was going on. Yeah. You know, the chorus is you know trying to take it away from me, um, and then and then I love the bridge, the lyrics, because it shows um, you know that maybe they've made mistakes as well. That this whole lawsuit or whatever is going on, you know, isn't just about the label. Yeah. But you know, you know, he said trying to be humble, trying to um, yeah, yeah, be humble every step of the way, and. Now, and, uh, when you're yeah. talking about the bridge, are you talking about the, like, the, I reserve my right to be... Yeah, in, yeah. Okay. Like, where it kind of quiets down and then comes back in, but... Yeah. Cause then oh, was, but then it gets so good at the end. I'll say the outro, yeah, the outro of the song. I wasn't sure if you were going into that part yet, but, um, the bridge of the song, I really like it. It also, like, 110% reminds me of, like, bands in the, like, Christian post-hardcore, um metalcore scene of the early 2000s like just the overall yeah, sound fair. of that which is fine yeah, yeah. like it takes me back to like a band that you know and, and an album that I never listened to until recent times has the ability to kind of take me back to something that I did listen to in like the early 2000s but um, I definitely I definitely like it but yeah getting into like the outro of the song like it's heavy not necessarily musically like it is I mean it's 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 not the heaviest thing they've ever done by any means in fact it's right. fairly melodic in the end but like just the message and the lyrics in the outro, I think, are heavy, yeah. right? Like, I just I highlighted um, some of the lyrics. I think it's the last few lines of the song that says, God help those with open hands. May they never feel burdened again. Yeah, I'll stand up for those who can't. I'll close the distance. And I was just like, that's pretty awesome. Like, and to hear, like, what they were kind of, like, going through and to, and, and to still have, like, that... It'd be easy to get jaded, I feel, like, to go right. through that. And to still have that outlook, like, yeah, I'll stand up for those who can't. Like, it doesn't matter what's going on with us over here. What's more important is this, right? So Right. And I will say there are songs later on the album where they are just kind of straight out, like, F you kind <laughs> yeah, of thing. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. For sure. So, but, but, yeah, with this, I still remember when I heard this part, like, it almost brought me to tears, and I, I mean, not a lot of music does that, but it was just so powerful. Again, yeah. just knowing, you know, what they were going through when they wrote this, and Man. and it just the music complements um, the emotion of the lyrics and the way he's yeah. singing it so well that I just I love this part so yeah. much. Which is funny to think about um, when we keep saying like what they were going through because it was literally just like a legal battle. But the way we've been wording it sounds like, oh, they went through some kind of tragedy within the band sort of thing. Right. <laughs> okay, yeah. So it wasn't tragedy, but it, it, it was, was you know, a hard they, time. They were basically feeling like they were getting robbed. And, yeah, you know, yeah. there was like, I don't know how many, like, millions of dollars of royalties were owed to them. And yeah. like it was, so 
it was dramatic in the sense that, you know, it was essentially their livelihood, you know, is right. this label going to get, you know, all this money that they've been working hard towards? Are they going to have freedom to to move on? And yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like they had like, you know, not a tragedy, like, you know, like a band like The Ghost Inside or something right. where you know, had a bus crash and whatever. But yeah. yeah, I guess just more more dramatic than a typical band would, would go through, I guess. Sure, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, Again, it, go look it up online if, if, yeah, if it people don't know. It would still be about. heavy stuff to go through as a band, I think. Like, yeah. For sure. I was just I was just laughing at like the knowing what they went through. I was like, oh, that sounds like it was pretty tragic. <laughs> but um, yeah. Yeah. No. I, I, yeah. All in all, I think this song, I dig this song. Um, it's uh, the message behind it. This is, I think this song I have the most notes on, at least for a day to remember. Yeah. Uh, because it was definitely the one that jumped out to me the, the most. Um, there was another song that we we're not going to talk about, but, uh, Oh, dead and buried. I was going to say, oh, so good. yeah, the, I just wanted to point out real quick before we get into the next song that we're going to talk about, but with dead and buried, one thing I really liked, uh, how it's written is like just in the chorus of the song, um, how instead of, so he repeats the same phrase, like the same words, but the same, like phrasing twice where he's like dead and buried. He's like dead and buried, dead and buried. And then instead of repeating it again, he like changes it and then does the yell. Whereas every time I hear it, I expect it to be like the same phrasing three times and then change oh, yeah. it on the fourth. I was like, ah, he fools me every time. But um, it's just one of those things on the record that anytime that song comes on, I'm like, yeah, I dig this one. But the next one we're going to talk about is called Life at 11. This song, I was trying to figure out, like, so is is it a play on, like, live at 11? You know, like, sort of, like, when they talk about, like, the evening news, the 11 o'clock news, like, live at, if, if that's what it's supposed to oh. be. Or, like, I'm not 100% sure what the idea is behind that title. Or, and, yeah. Because I was also thinking, it's like, or is this song supposed to be about, like, a child or, like, something a child is going through or that maybe he went through as a child? I couldn't really mm. come up with anything on it, but... Um, it's another one of those songs, though, where, I mean, this band, they just write, like, anthems, like, anthemic choruses and whatever, both oh, musically man. and lyrically. Like, it's something to sing along to that gives you hope that, like, kind of just, like, gets you pumped, right? Like, um, for whatever it is maybe that you're going through, which, again, is something that I love about that over the time of listening to this band that, that I've kind of grown to love more, like... I guess grown to love more than, you know, maybe some of the like things that I don't necessarily like about the band. Like the the fact that the way they write songs and the message that they share outweighs the things that maybe I don't get into, if that makes sense. Yeah. When I when I think of this title, the first thing I think of is like 
you know, the term like cranking it up to 11, you know, if there's a knob that goes oh, to 10. That, I like it. You know, life at, well, and then just, you know, he's talking about um, in the chorus, you know, all these voices in my head, yeah. or I'm a slave yeah. to all these voices in my head, that maybe there's something about music that's therapeutic, you know, life at 11, you just crank it up, you're on stage playing loud, yeah. and yeah. you're just kind of using that as an outlet to, to I, deal with, whether, you know, mental health or, or different things like that. I, uh... I like that. <laughs> that's pretty, like, that's a, I, I'll 100% back that as an idea. Like, because especially going back to, like, the song we just talked about in talking about, you know, like, sad songs, make them happy, you know, just like the power of music, right? Like, yeah. to be able to just take these things that are weighing you down and kind of, like, let go of them by, you know, throwing a guitar over your neck or grabbing a couple drumsticks or grabbing a microphone and, you know, singing and screaming your guts out, right? I'm just trying yeah. to see if I can find if there's anything on here about life at 11 but yeah this this song to me has i think this is my favorite chorus on the album um yeah it's just super catchy and again with um, you know the phrasing of the words and um and i always like when there's a, a chorus that makes you kind of grab onto it it's not just catchy um you know sound wise mm-hmm. but also kind of makes you like think like okay man like this there's something good there's some kind of weight to to what he's saying instead of just you know, kind of a typical chorus or whatever. Right. Um, I'm just, yeah, I'm still trying to see. Dead and buried. I'm already gone. I'm trying to see if Life at 11 pops up anywhere on the Wikipedia for common courtesy to say. Like, I like your idea, though, of it being basically about um, just cranking it. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Well, I can't imagine it's like something of an 11-year-old person that seems yeah, too, well, no, and, too young for that. But Well, no, and I mean bands have written stories in songs about different things right and so that like life at 11 the first time i saw it so the two things that i like i said that i took from the title was is it a play on live at 11 like when you hear you know when you're watching a show and the local news affiliate is like oh you know 16 murdered in the inner city live at 11 or whatever (laughs) right it's like wow um or you know like life at 11 again like my original thought was oh it could have been something that happened you know, when Jeremy was 11 years old and that yeah. he went through that he was writing about, right? But um, I do want to, like, the um, the voices in my head part gets me every time, like, when he says stop. Um, yeah, that's like a cool it's, part. It's just, yeah, it's so good because, I mean, obviously in the course of the song, he's talking about the voices in his head. And then, yeah, just to, like, shut him down like that and kind of, like, take control again, I just thought yeah. was, was pretty great. Because, I mean, those voices in his head, I'm assuming, are more, like, you know whether it's like just anxious voices sort of thing right like going through this stuff and kind of being like well what if this goes out what if this happens what if we don't get this what if this doesn't happen yeah that sort of stuff or if it's even like talking about someone trying to tell him and the band who they should be or whatever and that just you know like getting tired of that sort of thing just be like stop but the way they the way they put it into the song and that's again like kind of going back to um, some of the things they do in their music, I just like when they like those are like almost little things, much like the brace for impact, where that's more lighthearted, but it's just like these little additions to the song that yeah, the song could carry on easily without that, but right. adding it just makes this like little special part that you're like, oh yeah, that's this song, and it's it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's a great song, and to I I, I had a hard time kind of picking. Uh, Kind of one of the popular songs, but yeah, I, I love uh, another part of the song. I love the intro 
and then kind of how it how it comes in really stands out to me and, and grabs my attention quickly. And so often, I mean, I think I mentioned this before, like just again with access to music or whether it's just ADD or whatever. Yeah. I always gravitate towards music that kind of grabs me right away, and yeah. and this song does it and it keeps my attention the whole time. And so, yeah, it's which I think aids because on this album there's quite a few songs on this album too. And so, yeah. But I was gonna say it. Um, it's funny because we were I think just this week discussing like over text message about like albums growing on you sort of thing. Yeah. And I know you had mentioned you're like you can't you couldn't think of many albums at all that had ever grown on you. This is like, I don't like, I mean, I guess this album would be included, but A Day to Remember is a band that I find has to like grow on me. Like when I first put it on, one of the notes I had was like, oh, it's mediocre pop punk meets mediocre metalcore, but it makes for an okay time. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're a, the saying like a jack of all trades but a master of none like if they just right. i feel like if they leaned into being a metalcore band or leaned into being a pop punk band they wouldn't do anything for me that would separate them um mm. like musically from any other bands and i'm sure that maybe makes a lot of a day to remember fans angry but lyrically they're a band that i go okay i, I always want to kind of give something a second or third listen because of the lyrics and then it kind of gives the ability for the song to kind of grow on me the fact that they mix the genres like easy chord does i mean works in their favor because then you know they, they they don't come off as necessarily mediocre at as a band right like right when i think like i said if i think about it i'm like eh, if they just did metalcore i wouldn't really have interest if they just did pop punk i'm like his vocals don't stand out enough for me and you know like this and that and so um but as the package, it's kind of this weird, like it's a sum of their parts that is better than the parts themselves, right? Yeah. So, uh, that's they remind me, this is kind of a, a weird uh, comparison, but when I listen to them, I think of the band The Dingies. Okay. Just as, especially with that comment you just said, right? Like, uh, I don't know if people listening, if you don't know a band called The Dingies, go check them out. They, they play punk, ska, and reggae, but they don't really mix mix the genres right um but again if they were just a ska band or right. just a reggae band um maybe if it maybe just a punk band but yeah you know but there is something when you kind of have the back and forth and hear the different styles it's a weird thing because most yeah. bands they they stick within that yeah. if all bands kind of you know if every album had three four genres it'd be kind of confusing yeah it is so in- there is yeah. it is interesting with the dingies i was going to say though is because when i listen to them I will like, I almost make like three different playlists for the dingies. And I'll be like, ah, I just want to listen to like their more hardcore punk songs. And then you like put that on. Right. Oh, I just want to listen to more of their like straight up ska songs and feel like boppy and happy. Or, oh, I just want to like really chill out and relax and put like their more like longer reggae dub jams on. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, I will listen to their albums as a whole, but it is funny because, yeah, they, they definitely, I think they do all those or did all those things well. Um, so yeah, it is it is funny, but yeah, they didn't really like mix them so much, right? Like they didn't do any, right. like, they didn't really do much like ska punk songs or right. you know, that sort of thing. But um, yeah, so I did remember it definitely mixes the genres more. But just as I was listening, I was thinking, are there other like what other bands do I like or that I've listened to for a long time? That do that where there is different, and so I mean, obviously, right. there's bands that are, you know are ska punk or you know yeah, yeah. punk hardcore or whatever, but some of those are a bit easier, 
easier to mesh together. But uh, you heard it here first, folks. The Dingies, A Day to Remember, same band. <laughs> make it happen. <laughs> yeah, make it happen. <laughs> uh, the last track we're going to talk about off Common Courtesy is the song End of Me. One of the songs I was talking about earlier when I was talking about Jeremy's vocals and how when he sings softer, I like his voice. Like I could probably do with a record like this. And maybe maybe you can fill me in. Do they do they have like an acoustic EP or record that they've done? I know they've done acoustic versions of some of their songs, but Yeah, no. And I mean this this track does get Oh yeah, I mean, it's not heavier ish. Yeah. It doesn't it's um yeah, yeah. but yeah, I, I was just watching the music video to this yesterday, and and uh, yeah, like one of my notes was, I would love to hear what more of this style yeah. would be for them. I don't even, I mean, it's not necessarily that far off, but it's a bit more moody, a bit darker. Sure. Um, my only, but yeah, I was say my only real complaint with this song is that it starts out for me, it starts out really good, but then like when. When the band comes in, whether I think it's maybe on the first chorus, it just kind of like turns into, for me, for a period of time, like a generic hard rock power ballad sort of thing. Yeah. It kind of gets beyond that as the song goes on, which saves it. But if it just like, when that first chorus or whatever comes in, if it just did that for the rest of the song, I'd just be like, eh, it's fine. Towards the end, I think it really kind of starts coming together a little more. Yeah, uh, but his voice when he's singing on the verses, I, I abs- like that's more what I'm like. I would like to hear more of that. And there is another acoustic song. Like, I want to. I don't. Is the song fully acoustic? The other one, or is it similar where it's like parse? Anyway, whatever. Yeah, there is a song in here where they dabble in the acoustics again, and um, I really, I really like it. And his when he exercises his voice a little bit, it adds something a little different to the record. And uh, yeah, I think it's it's great. Like outside of the part where it gets a little kind of cliche and boring for a bit for me it it fixes itself yeah and it's and it's a good way to break up the album and you know show a different side and i almost wish you know i don't say this a lot of times about bands that i love that they would kind of maybe try something different um but i would it'd be cool to see what what them pushing however i don't really want a day to remember i don't want them to be a band that like goes more the rock route necessarily yeah that's the i so i feel I'm like really sure what i'm yeah i feel like that's kind of like the the risk when you talk about i mean bands that kind of 
whether they are metalcore bands or in this instance where they you know kind of dabble a little bit or a lot whatever however you want to put it like in that sort of sound experimenting i find a lot of times it becomes like that's i i I have I haven't been able myself to get into Beartooth because the only record I've really listened to is like their latest one where I'm like it just sounds like a hard rock record and I heard that complaint and I've heard they're like like a lot of people like them great band whatever and maybe I need to go back and listen to older stuff to kind of get that idea but I just find like when they kind of start experimenting when you're more in that world it just becomes it like it leans more into the hard rock side of things and I'm like eh that's not where I want to go Having yeah. having said that, when Hopes Fall, now this is going way back, but when Hopes Fall changed their, like, adjusted their sound from the satellite years uh, to A-types, like, were you a Hopes right. Fall fan? I was, uh, I was a big, a big fan of uh, satellite years. Yeah, and then... However, then they did kind of lose <laughs> me in that. So that's what I mean, like, I, I don't necessarily like that drastic shift. Yeah. Um, Hopes Fall's an so. interesting one, and maybe one day we'll, we'll talk about them, but... Um, they're interesting in the sense that talking about albums that had to grow on me, a types had to grow on me when I first put it on. I was like, what's, what's happening? Because it's not like he immediately had this like voice that you're like, Oh, you've been hiding this, right? Like, why haven't you been singing almost like, like when Alexis on fire, when Dallas green started singing more, it was this thing is like, why wasn't he doing that more to begin with? Right? Like, cause their first right. record, he sings maybe a few lines over the course of the record. Then the next one, it's like, Oh, he features basically on every song. Like he's singing the chorus on every song basically. Right. And it's like, why weren't you doing yeah. this before? It's not like that was the case with hopes fall. Like in, when he was singing, you're like, okay, it's an interesting voice, but I mean, I didn't need this. But then it grew on me a ton, and like over time, like those like A types and Magnetic North became like my favorite Hopes Fall records. Um, But and that which is interesting because that's just a band, I guess, in that world that kind of experimented and maybe got. I don't, I don't know that because I think there's always been so atmospheric though that like sound wise they weren't going to get caught up in like the hard rock sort of side of things, like generic sort of stuff. But right, would have been a real shame if they did. Um, but yeah, no, going back to A Day to Remember, Common Courtesy in the song End of Me, um, I, it is a nice kind of break on the album. Um, it feels like it could be a closer just in like how it starts quiet yeah. and it's slower and it builds and has this big sort of finish, but it's nowhere near the closer. Uh, which, right, yeah, which, it's only like halfway through. Or Yeah, and am I right in saying, is there a song or something on here where, is it, I, rem- I think it's I Remember, where... They, like, go on at the end of the song for, like, two minutes where it's just, like, them talking. Oh, I don't remember that. Like, it feels like... I'm just wondering. Um, I want to see if it's... Unless, like, the CD I have is, like, a deluxe edition, so there's three extra songs on it. So maybe it's on one of those. I I don't remember that part, but... Yeah, well... Been. And that's what I'm, I'm kind of wondering. I want to see... Because it... Yeah, was it... I was wondering if it was originally an end track because it's nine minutes long but then on like common courtesy doesn't say it's a deluxe edition on apple music but there's three other songs that follow it and there's just like this extended length of them talking and basically sharing like tour memories and stuff like that right like so i'm like this does sound vaguely familiar yeah i'm like this sounds like it should be the end of the end of the album which i'm like that's kind of cool like hearing this sort of in you know insider information sort of stuff and then, yeah, on Apple Music, it must be like a deluxe or extended edition that they just haven't labeled because then there's three more songs. And I'm like, this makes 
like zero sense <laughs> like why these are where they are i'm curious to see i still have the mm. wikipedia open yeah okay so it looks like the original release does end at i remember which makes way more sense that that's yeah. the end of the record and then there's three more songs um but i was oh, that's on one of those ones right but- what they're talking on it no the t- on those no no the talking is on the end of i remember like so it would have been the, oh, okay. it would have been the end of the album right um but oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then there's three extra songs which i was just confused because like none of them are like acoustic songs or like reworks and it doesn't say like b-side or anything like that so i'm like i don't know what's going on here yeah and i didn't really love um any of those extra three tracks so yeah i i would have been happy to, to leave those out but anyways i think overall it's it's a solid album. It's it's still my favorite one, so I'm interested to hear uh, what their new one's going to be like. Sure. And, um, one thing we yeah, there's one thing we failed to mention is the involvement of Chad Gilbert on this record. Yeah, well, he's been a big part of their band. Um, maybe even well, on Homesick, he started working with them, and I think yeah. he's um, been a part of working on 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 all of their albums. Yeah. Um, yeah. He up until now, he, so he for sure wrote on a lot of the songs like he was credited so i don't know like did, yeah. did, did he produce this album or anything uh yeah it was him and andrew wade um so they did the last couple albums together oh yeah there you go yeah so whether that was writing and producing or whatever yeah, but. yeah, yeah. but anyway no it's i mean it's a oh there's the artwork that i was looking for oh it's just like the shadow guy standing in front of it like a crowd a, a or crowd. something or, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 um but yeah, no, so that's A Day to Remember Common Courtesy. The other record we're going to talk about is uh, another, I mean, the, a band you picked, a record that I've had a touch more um, familiarity with going into this. It's Chunk, No Captain Chunks, Get Lost, Find Yourself. to say this band absolutely i'm just double checking something here so i can make sure i'm right <laughs> absolutely loves punctuation <laughs> there i don't know uh, just with their exclamation mark on their name and, and then the album title has a comma in it oh <laughs> uh, yeah i <laughs> guess so well. they love punctuation well they are they are french so maybe they're just uh yeah, right. Trying to to stand out <laughs> in an English crowd or something with her name or, uh, but yeah, the first time I heard this band, it was at a show and it was playing on the 
um, like the PA system in between bands. And it just, I was like, what is this? Like, I've never heard of this band. And somebody told me about them. It was their first full length before they were signed. So it's on streaming services. I can't remember what it's called, but um, before they signed to Fearless. But yeah, just there was something unique about it. Like, you know, it had a similar sound to A Day to Remember, which was fairly um, present in their sound. But that album also had kind of some more keyboards to it, which I didn't really love that. I'm kind of glad they, they dropped that later on. I know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say the keyboard thing is something that I've had a number of people kind of point out as being like, that's the signature of Easy Core. If it doesn't have the keyboards, uh, it's not Easy uh, Core. And I'm like, I don't know if I can go down that, that path. Like, um, I know, I think we had, a while back, we did, like last summer, we did an episode. I don't know if it's still available or not. I don't think it is. Um, it was in our past life. But we did an episode about Ska bringing up the dinges oh, yeah. again but we had originally put a rule in where it's like it it has to feature horns on a couple songs like we were trying to figure out like well what classifies as ska right like yeah i think in the end we took that away and we kind of went because like oh i know like i had interrupters on there and i'm pretty sure they did that squad 5 and yeah yeah that's right we did take it away because we did have some bands that didn't actually feature horns um so like that's kind of like just getting down to like the nitpick sort of thing where I'm like, anyone who hears the interrupters is going to be like, yeah, that's a ska band, right? Like, right. Because I mean, you got the upstroke guitars, you got you got everything that makes it a ska band outside of the horns. So I'm like, Easy Core is, you know, basically it's pop punk with breakdowns. It's songs written in major keys that are still heavy, right? Like, um, yeah, taking all those influences. And you know, it doesn't have to have the keyboards. And I am so glad that you picked this record. Outside of um, whatever that song is, hey dudes, are you ready to? Like that song is kind of right. fun in a very dumb sort of way. Um, I'd much rather listen to this record. And uh, yeah, so I, I was glad when you kind of picked this one that I didn't have to be like, um, can we please do, <laughs> you know, this yeah, other that's, one? Yeah, third, um, what was that? Pardon my French. That one was yeah. okay, but. I felt that they they made really big strides with this album. Um, I mean, there's only a couple of years in between the release of those two albums. I know they toured a lot, and so I'm sure they gained a lot of experience from that. Um, Yeah, this one is just a fantastic album from start to finish. I'm I'm also glad I picked this one because it's one (laughs) of those albums that when I went back to listen, I was like, man, like I really like this album, and I haven't listened to it in a year or whatever. And it was even better than I than I remember, you know. Like so, it, I remember when they first came out, they were getting lots of a day to remember um, comparisons. And but I feel especially on this album, they kind of stand out on their own. Right. You know, they have a, a their own sound enough. And I mean, I guess you can compare some of it because, like you said, it is kind of poppier yeah. and heavier. Um, but yeah, it's just a, a better overall written mature. Right. sounding album and i haven't familiarized myself with their other records at all like this one i willingly went and listened to actually this past summer i was on summer holidays and for whatever reason i was like wanting to look up chunk no captain chunk i don't know what led me there why that kind of popped into my head it could have been because um as we were driving we have a dvd player in our minivan and one of the movies that my kids like to watch is goonies so nice. it's possible that it jogged my brain because of, I mean, this name obviously comes from the Goonies. Yeah. Um, and so it's possible that that's how it got. And I was like, oh, I want to listen to this or whatever. I mean, that was always my initial kind of 
introduction to the band and fascination was like, oh, that's from the Goonies. Another band with their name from the Goonies, of course, is Slick Shoes. Uh, I wonder if there's any one more movie that's had more, like, band names and, like, just referenced in songs. Because I know, like, the Ataris, their album So Long Astoria is because the Goonies takes place in Astoria, Oregon. And there's actually, like, oh, wow. yeah, there's lines from the movie in one of the songs. Um, <laughs> it's like, there's like, I, I believe there's a fallout boy song. Um, Saturday, he references a story and there's thoughts that it's maybe about referencing the Goonies and stuff. So I'm wondering, I'm curious to know if there's like one movie out there that's been referenced more times through band yeah. names and songs in, in the world of punk rock. But, um, yeah. well, that's a good movie to, uh, to reference for. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. But I was going to say this band immediately um, is a lot more fun for me to listen to than a day to remember just in like I mean they both I think kind of deal lyrically sort of with some serious stuff maybe it doesn't feel as heavy lyrically that I was picking up on Chunk No Captain Chunk but the overall production is lighter and brighter and the vocals are lighter and brighter and so it's just like it feels like this band when I listen to this um they are like so far out of the easy core bands I've listened to the most directly influenced by newfound glory. When I hear them, like I can listen mm. to guitar parts on here and go, Oh snap. Like that sounds like it could be newfound glory. Like that's pretty right. awesome. And then vocally, he's obviously closer to Jordan than Jeremy is like sound. And that's not necessarily what we're looking for to be like, Hey, who, who uh, copied newfound glory the best, right? Yeah. But it's definitely something that I enjoyed in this. Yeah, well, they're the, also the youngest band out of the four we're going to listen to. Right. So I mean, their influence was influences would be um, would be different. And also the the producer on this album, a guy named Kyle Black, mm-hmm. has. I was just looking him up today, and he's produced tons of like pop punk bands. Sweet. The other heavier band I, I recognized from there was Comeback Kid. Um, so I think he he and I, and I love the sound of his records. Um, and I think he did a really good job of helping a band like this kind of hone their sound a bit and um, help them kind of stand out a bit more than you know their their previous album. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. I and one final note before we kind of get into the songs that we're going to look at. Um, I love accents in music. <laughs> like I love being able to hear someone's accent. It's a little yeah. it's a little different when it's obvious that English isn't their first language. Like I think we talked about this when we discussed. Did we discuss Mill and Colin at some point? Was that you and I? Uh, yeah, it was Mill and Colin uh, yeah, and Face to Face. Pioneers. Yeah, 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 and Face to Face. And so I think we talked about uh, like the English, you know, not being his first language in in that maybe, and how you can pick up on that sometimes, and you can pick up on that sometimes with Chunk, no Captain Chunk. But I always love being able to hear something in someone's voice. Um, but going back to. Um, I mentioned Biffy Clyro earlier when we were talking about A Day to Remember and the fact that you can, I think they're Scottish and the fact that you can like hear his like Scottish accent very much in his music. I love it. But yeah. um, so let's get into the first song that we picked. And actually I picked these three, I think. Yeah. Uh, so the first one we're going to talk about is Set It Straight.
like a book With all the pages written On this song, I love, I, like, I like, with songs, I like going and looking at the lyrics on Genius.com, because then if people have annotations and stuff, it's kind of like, oh, they might break down what some of the references are and whatnot. But um, I love the Genius annotations on this song. The first one just is like the overall kind of like theme of the song. It says, this is an angsty song. It seems to be about being mad at someone. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Yeah. Good job. Big thumbs up for you for putting some thought into that. And then uh, there's um, an annotation in relation to the lyric where he says, I read you like a book with all the pages ripped out. The person That's that, the one lyrical note I wrote down. Yeah, the, the annotator says, you can't read a book with no pages. Bert didn't read this person very well. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because I took it the other way where I was like, I think he read them very well. Like, he, the signs were all yeah. laid. like. I read you like a book. There was not like I, I knew what you were up to, no matter like how hard you. Tra- it was easy, right? But this person's like you didn't read them very well. I'm like, well, I mean, I, I don't take that that way. But unless they're just being like facetious when saying that, I don't know. But yeah, what, what was no, your note on that one? Yeah, that was the same one I took away. I just I, I like that line. You know, I mean, it's a pretty common one. You know, yeah. line to read someone like a book by like with all the pages. Yeah, you know, taken out. I was like, oh well, that's I mean. It, I'm pretty sure the song's about a relationship of yeah. some kind, or obviously another person, and so I, I just like the way he he phrased that, and that's actually something that stands out to me about him, specifically on this song, but on the whole album, is just the way he he phrases his words and sings it. Yeah. There was lots of times like this song stood out to me when I listened to it, just the way um, I can't remember what the spe- the specific lines were, but just did a really good job at at fitting a lot of words in but in a way where it doesn't sound jumbled and it right. kind of like sounds catchy and flows with the song still. Yeah, yeah. I know some yeah, sometimes songs can get wordy and it really disrupts the flow of songs. But um the thing that always stood out to me about this song, like again, like it, much in the same way we talked about with the day to remember, like and maybe even more so for me, but maybe that's just emphasized by the, the, the production that I like more on this, but like just how hooky the choruses are and anthemic. But yeah, what I loved about this song was like that opening guitar riff that like the like kind of clean lick that he's playing. Yeah. It's like almost like it's, it's from a different world, like <laughs> a different era of pop punk. Cause it reminds me of like, um, cute is what we aim for or like rocky loves emily like that whole like really light pop punk where you know the guys had their like the long swoopy hair and whatever i'm sure your favorite kind of pop punk (laughs) um but like it reminds me a little bit of that and then it just like as the song kicks in it's like like it just like takes off and i'm like okay and then this is one of the riffs where i'm like that sounds like newfound glory. Like if you listen to the guitars, I'm like, Oh wow. Right. Like that sounds like newfound glory with a slightly different vocal take, obviously when he starts singing, cause he doesn't, again, doesn't sound like Jordan more, yeah, yeah. more similar to Jordan than say Jeremy McKinnon would be. But, um, 
it's just like so bright and bouncy, and which is what I wasn't finding so much for me on a day to remember. And that's just the difference in the bands, right? Like, yeah, this I'm like immediately I'm like, yeah, it's kind of similar to when we did our No Use for a Name Swellers episode, um, where on a different level because like No Use for a Name, I was really struggling to like actually want to get into it. Um, whereas like a day to remember, I was getting into it. But as soon as I'd flip records, I'd be like. Oh, I can breathe a little bit, right? Like I don't yeah. feel like not not everything is so heavy and and gloomy, I suppose. Right. Well, that, that, that's one of the reasons why I like having these two bands on the same episode, um, because while they might be similar in style and influence, there is there's definitely is a, a huge um, you know change in sound between the two. So again, like I mentioned, they're a younger band, mm-hmm. you know. A bit more like it's not like a party band, but you know, a bit more I, that side of things. Yeah, uh, for sure. Like, I mean, especially uh, maybe not as much on this record necessarily. Uh, no, I would say they are. With like, just I, I, I like that kind of interpretation of them. Especially, obviously, if you go back to "Hey, dudes, are you ready to?" Like, you know, like those songs. I'm like, yeah, they're a lot more like let's let's go, like let's get this party started. And they do yeah. have that vibe yeah. some on this album, but more just like just like we're just gonna hype you up like it's all good like it's gonna be a good time yeah, anyway, yeah. right like yeah just a different kind of energy and a different approach to to the songwriting and yeah. you know just kind of getting you know I, i'm sure well I, I mean i've seen a day to remember i i know they pump up their fans yeah. but you know and again i think chunks fans are probably maybe even a bit younger than a day to remember just because you know they're a newer newer ish band so but. now they're not around <laughs> yeah, I know, and that's such a bummer. Like after I listened to this album, I was like, man, I just wanted, to, I want to hear like what's oh, next. Where they're gonna go. Yeah. So I was looking them up online and just seeing. I mean, they're playing Slam Dunk Festival and a few kind of one-off shows. Oh, so but, they, are, they are still around. Like I thought they were done, done. But well, the last I saw, they were basically taking a hiatus, a break. And yeah. I mean, they're playing these festivals, but I mean, it's been like four or five years since they've they've done anything so yeah like i'd be cu- definitely curious to hear this record, if they yeah. came back what their sound would be like yeah this record came out in 2015 so yeah it's been it's been a little bit but um yeah no i would i would i would welcome another chunk no captain chunk record for sure uh because yeah i, I think describing it as more not just saying strictly they're a party band like Right. I, I've compared. I don't think it was on the show, but in our conversations, I've compared Seaway, basically saying like they're. Once I realized they were a party band, I was like, okay, I can get behind this. And I mean, if you watch almost all of the Seaway's music videos, there's yeah. parties happening in them, right? Like they're just like a feel good band. And I was like, oh, now I don't feel like I have to try and take them as seriously, right? Because I mean, they're playing alongside all these like other more serious pop punk bands right, right. And i mean they'll have some serious songs but all in all they're like let's just have a good time right and so like i i, I would be comfortable in like in the world of easy core being like yeah chunk is is a party band like i mean they didn't take a name that sounds like it could also be you know a hardcore band name right, right? like no hardcore band's gonna be called chunk no captain chunk but a day to remember sure four years strong sure set your goals yeah. sure right like in all of their like um like logoing and like imaging is all kind of like based more in that, right? Like big block, bold letters and whatever. Right. And then chunk is like, let's just write our name real messy. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's got to have proper punctuation. That's what matters. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the second song that we were going to talk about off this record actually comes right after this one. Uh, it's called pull you under. You fought 
I wanted to talk about this song was because of how poppy that first song is not first song it's not the first song on the record but the first song that we just talked about there um, into the next song which is like maybe I want to say probably their heaviest song on the record Yeah, that's at what least at least right off the start of the song it's their heaviest yeah. song on the record and so I just like and A Day to Remember does that too where they kind of contrast you know, a poppier song with just like hitting you in the face on the next song. And so that was kind of a similarity I saw for sure between the bands. Um, and it, it kind of, I want to say this is the first song on the record that is that way, like that heavy from the start. Yeah. So it kind of almost comes a little bit out of left field. I mean, knowing what the band is, it's not entirely, but at the same point, it's like, yeah, all of a sudden they're just like screaming at you right from the get go on that song. And, uh, yeah, I know it was, it's. I love the contrast, though. I did notice on this album that there is less screaming overall, which I felt really added to the album. Um, you you know, f- the, the, sorry, you felt the screaming added to the album, or the fact that they kind of dialed it back added to the album. Well, both. So they right. dialed it back, so that adds. So it means that when they do do the screaming, sure, it adds it in a way. Because I, I felt like, um, pardon my French, you know, they just. Be- <laughs> For a second there, I their thought, album. Yeah, for a second there, I thought you were about to drop an f bomb. It just really felt um, like, pardon my French, but holy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it was too. You can tell with Easy Core when it's forced, right? When sure. it's like, well, we've got to have a heavy part, so yeah, we're just going yeah, yeah. for it. Yeah. Whereas in this, I mean, one, I love the riffs on this album, and you know, if we're comparing them to Day to Remember, I find that these guys are definitely more riff based yeah. than you yeah. know song structure or whatever based. Um, and I love the riffs because they're they're catchy and heavy and melodic. But there's something about it that's not just the same. Like there's, there's some kind of uniqueness. I don't really know how to yeah. how to explain it in a musical term. But yeah, I I, I love that on this album. And I'm glad. I don't know if that was their choice or a producer who um, who told them to do that. But yeah. definitely. So on a song like this, where it does have that heavier part, it yeah. does hit you more instead of just like okay, this is the heavy part. It's like yeah. oh like. Okay, I want to listen to this song. But now. then even with it being a heavy song, like the hook on the chorus is still immediately infectious. Like oh, it yeah. gets stuck in your head real quick. Um, and so like, which then kind of brings me to my next point in asking at this point in their career, because again, I'm not overly familiar with their previous albums, but is it possible for them to actually write a song that isn't anthemic? Like that's, and, and, and maybe that ties into like your party band idea where it's like, man, you know that I, I'm going to assume that seeing these guys live, and let's say like in a club show, not like at a festival or whatever, but you know, it's you and 
seven, eight hundred people, whatever, and it's just like a full on sing along, and everyone's having a good time. Oh yeah, right, that'd be like, awesome. Yeah, like that. That's the vibe I get to the extent where I'm like, they could play. I didn't watch any of their music videos. I've seen the music video for. I got to figure out what the name of that song is. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't see any music videos for this album. Only for uh, their first one. Yeah, they then, may like, not have any cover for this songs. One. Whatever. Yeah. See, I don't know if they actually have any. Any. Uh, in Friends We Trust. That I gotta get that name stuck in my head. In Friends We Trust. I've seen the video for that one, which again is like basically a party, right? Like they're just surrounded. But that's what the whole song is about. His friends. Um, but as far as on this record, yeah, I don't know if there's any music videos. I didn't see any that came up. Like yeah, I didn't go searching yeah. for them either, though, right? So. Um, yeah. But yeah, just all in all, man, this band is just fun to listen to, and they're easy to listen to. <laughs> easy core. <Yeah. laughs> That's the point, right? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, overall, um, you know, on this album, I, I, I don't have any like standout lyrics that really like hit me. Yeah. You know, like maybe some of the data remember songs, but I mean, this this is a good one about you know just pushing through and hardships and, and chasing your dreams, things that you know could be relevant and kind of any situation in life, and so. Yeah, I think. You know, if you if if you're in a situation where you had to pick this record or Common Courtesy, if you pick this record, you're picking it knowing that you're sacrificing maybe a little bit in the lyrics game, right? Like, not right. to say they're bad lyricists or that they're lacking necessarily, but they're not as I don't find anyways that they're as impactful lyrically as a day to remember and i don't think they set out to do that right whereas yeah like i it's said coming from a different place so yeah it's understandable. like i said with a day to remember i feel like that's very much a part of if not entire the entire band for sure like jeremy mckinnon with his songwriting like he's going there going i want to be able to help people with my songs again yeah. hence things like self-help fest right like stuff like that so um coming into this record yeah you're, you're not gonna Having said that, there is a song that we're going to talk about next that lyrically it's what actually hooked me. But yeah, like all in all, I think when you come into this record, it's just like you just want to come in here and have a good time. You might have some angst. You might have some, you know, hardships that you want to get through and it's going to help you do that. But at the same point, you just want to jump around and sing along. Yeah. Well, and you need albums like that, too. I don't 100%. always want to listen to music and have to think some. I mean... I'm glad there's lots of albums if, like that out if there. If you didn't need albums like that, bands like Blink-182 wouldn't have made it anywhere in the first place. Right. <laughs> right? Like, let's yeah. be honest. Maybe they've, in the later years of the and by later years, I mean, holy crap, that's now the early years of the band when they first kind of switched from, you know, Take Off Your Pants to uh, Untitled or whatever, like in sound. They got a little more serious, I think, going into those late, like Untitled and on sort of thing. But obviously they they hit their peak by writing silly, lighthearted songs in the first place. Right. So the last song we're going to talk about off of Chunk, No Captain Chunk's Get Lost, Find Yourself is the song Worst Case Scenario.
This was the first song on the record, and I wanted to, because I think you had actually sent three songs, and I was like, what if we did these three? And one of yeah. them, one of the ones you sent was Pull You Under, so we were both in agreement on that. Um, but this was the first song by Chunk that as soon as it stopped playing, I started it over again. Uh, the intro is stupid cheesy like the acoustic acoustic guitar and the whistling yeah i could (laughs) i could do without it for sure but as soon as that guitar hits and then the chorus like when it comes in and just uh, again the message behind the chorus is similar to you know as we talked about with a day to remember um on the song what was that uh like music kind of yeah was that oh yeah sometimes you're the hammer by a day to remember yeah um on this song for sure like when he talks about like what worst case scenario just turn up your stereo stereo. yeah it's just like and i'm like exactly like man when i have a tough bad day or whatever i'm just like ah the first thing i want to do typically is like just put headphones on and be away from people right like when when you go through heartache sort of thing like when i've lost family members or whatever what's the first thing that i do typically is i pick up a guitar or i'm listening to music right like that's just the way that music is and so this song as soon as it was done i was like I mean, I wasn't in a bad place where I was like, I need to hear this. But I was just like, yes, I can get behind this. And I was like driving through the mountains. It was on. And I was like, I just got to hear that again. And just put it on again. I'm like, keep driving. Yeah. I just got to hear that again. Put it on again. And it was like, I don't typically do that either with songs. I'm like, I'm more of an album sort of guy. And so I'm like, I don't want to just repeat a song. Or I just want to listen to right. an album from start to finish. But um, but yeah, for sure, it the first time it hit me, I was like, yep. We're going to listen to that because it's also stupid catchy too, right? Oh, like, yeah. So good. Yeah. And it's I, I love that the bridge kind of brings some some heaviness to the to the song to break it up too. Because, I mean, it is definitely one of the popular ones on the album. So it does it does redeem itself mm-hmm. later on in the song. But, yeah, I remember that intro. is just like, oh, man. like <laughs> Yeah. And it's also this is like a really nitpicky thing. But this song and the one before it both start with, whoa, oh, oh. <laughs> And I was like, why would you do that two songs, right? Whoa, or whatever. But yeah, yeah. Anyways, after it gets past that part, it's it's a really good song. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say that, I mean, I didn't necessarily notice that. I, I, I noticed it a few times on the record where they go to just like the woes or whatever. But at least with the gang vocals on this record, compared to say like Homesick, at least they don't obnoxiously get in your face. Right. Um, but that's Homesick is its own thing. Um yeah, I don't understand the intro to this song, why it's on there. <laughs> like, what the point of that was, the acoustic guitar and the whistling. I was like, that was a thing you chose to do. All yeah, right. Yeah, I know. All it right. seemed like a bizarre... At the same point, it makes it memorable to be like, as you're going through, it's like, what? if you don't remember the name of the song, you're like, which song was that? And you're like, oh, oh, I remember this, this stupid intro. Yeah, but no, that's true. It's also, like, when, when I think about this record, it's also the song that gets stuck in my head without hearing it. Right? Like, right. Where I was like, oh, yeah. Immediately I'm singing in my head, worst case scenario. Right? And I was like, oh, there it is. Stuck in my head. Which yeah. is funny, like, going back through notes of songs and being like, man, I wrote in here that this song is really catchy. But I can't think of how it goes right now. <laughs> but yeah. worst case yeah, scenario, 100% I can. Turn the stereo. Yep. Exactly. So that's going to bring us, I think, you know, maybe just kind of some quick closing thoughts uh, before we get out of here. So... If you were on a desert island and you could take only one of these two records to listen to 
for like let's say it's not for life you're gonna be you're gonna some ship is gonna <laughs> some ship is gonna find you in a month you gotta listen to one of these records for a month which one are you picking I, I'm gonna go with common courtesy um, one because it just impacted me a lot more the first time I heard it I don't remember the first time I I heard um, get lost find yourself um, that doesn't mean it's not a great album um, but I, I I do like the diversity you know especially if it's the only one I have to listen to. With common courtesy, it's like okay, I could put on you know an acoustic track or this, or if I'm feeling angry because uh, I can't catch any fish on the island, then I'll put on some of the heavier tracks yeah, yeah. and thrash around because <laughs> I can't catch any fish on <laughs> it. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, it would be interesting because I like the uh, uh, being a guy who likes looking at lyrics in songs. Uh, a day to remember definitely offers more of that. I find. But at the same point, if I'm thinking about like being stuck on like a desert island, um, and I'm like I'm going to be you know, fishing in the sun, it's hot on the beach. I'm like, man, this just reminds me of like more beach music. Like I feel like I'd have a better That's time true. listening to Chunk, <laughs> no Captain Chunk, and 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 be waiting for my Captain Chunk to come save me, as it were. Um, right. I think that's which, true. It yeah. probably overall is better beach music. <laughs> like it may, it make you feel like you're on a holiday more. Um, you didn't say it was a nice beach island. It could be <laughs> like a what, what's that island that's like co- the most dangerous island that's covered in like thousands and thousands of snakes. Oh jeez. <laughs> well, there's some just, island that like people aren't allowed to go on. So. Then you're just gonna die. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what does it matter, right? What does yeah. it matter? Um, yeah, no, it, no, it's it's a beach island. It's a tropical island. It's just small, and you're in the middle of the ocean. So you got to catch fish. You got to eat coconuts. You got to. I mean, it, it's it's the movie Castaway. If you are Tom right. Hanks in Castaway, and your best friend is a volleyball that has your bloody handprint on it, <laughs> <laughs> named Wilson, yeah. which record are you bringing with you? <laughs> okay, well, well, now, well, now that you're setting setting the scene a bit more, you're that will forever be the me scene. sway my. If I yeah. ever, <laughs> a, if we ever ask this question again, forever the scene will be Tom Hanks in Castaway, and your best friend, your only friend, is Wilson, and you got one record. So between these two, are you still going with a day to remember, or did I actually sway you? Oh, well, see, and I'm another, not trying to sway uh, you. When I think of islands, I think of the show Lost because the whole show happens on an island. It's such a good. There's show. a lot of up and downs on that show, and there's yeah, yeah. Uh, so when I think of that island, I'm like, oh, day to remember because you know there's some different up and downs on that album, and if yep. I'm getting, uh, I mean, a day to murdered re- by the others, then well, maybe I want to yep. listen to the end of me or. <laughs> say, yeah, a day to remember can definitely get you uh, psyched up for going to war with the others, or facing the smoke monster, or you know all the things in Lost. Um, that's that's fair. That's fair. I'm still going with Chunk, though. <laughs> I'm going to go with Chunk, but I mean, I like I like both of these records. Why don't we just go to an island together and we we take both of them? Oh, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> we could both. Hey, in our fantasies, we can do whatever. If we this both is what we survive the or... plane crash together. <laughs> That's the all. That's that's. I mean, that's how it has to go. We have to crash on the plane in Lost. And we both just have to have some kind of like a phone or whatever that we can also charge. That's the thing. When when people talk about the desert island sort of things, like how are you planning on playing this thing? Eventually, right, exactly. Yeah, if, if it's a phone, eventually it's going to run out of battery. I don't know. Anyway, those are those are getting way too <laughs> way too into it. But uh, but yeah, no, that's fine. Both of these records are good common courtesy did grow on me more out of the two albums like i started it going like eh whereas like chunk immediately was just like i like this record so yeah 
But uh, yeah, no, I think uh, I think they're both good. But I'm going with Chunk. You're going with a day to remember. It's fine. It's fair. That's uh, that's the way it goes. So that's gonna I think wrap it up. Another episode of Grown Up Punk. We are gonna do two more Easy Core albums. Did you pick them this time? Did you have them ready? Because I laid it well, on you last time. Yeah, I I do. I'm just blanking on the title of. Um, I always want to say stick to your guns, but it's not the band. Set Uh, your goals. Set your goals. (laughs) Uh, It's with the blue cover. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now, so I can hopefully tell you. So the Four Year Strong album would be Enemy. I'm on Set Your Goals right now. Uh, With the blue one, like, is it like a turquoise blue kind of? Yeah, yeah. This will be the death of us? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this will be the death of us from Set Your Goals. And then, sorry, what did you say? Four Year Strong was Uh, Four Year Strong, Enemy of the World. Is that the one with, like, the comic book kind of cover? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good record. It's just funny because, like, that's another one where I've, yeah, okay, I've listened to that one. It's already actually downloaded on my phone. <laughs> awesome. So there we go. Yeah, and by the time we get that episode out, actually, no, this episode come out and now Four Years Strong is out. When we're recording it, it's not out yet, but when the episode's released, so it, whatever. It's all a mess now. It would have been great if we timed it so that Four Years Strong would have come out when the new Four Years Strong record came out. But oh uh, yeah, well that's coming up. I'm excited for that one. Um, but anyway, yeah. that's going to do it for another episode of Growing Up Punk. Again, go follow us on uh, social media on Twitter and Instagram at Growing Punk Pod. You can find our personal handles there as well. And uh, wherever you're listening to this show, you can find it anywhere you find podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe, that kind of stuff. Tell your friends. If you're listening on YouTube, I say this all the time. Go find us on your favorite podcast <laughs> app because you're missing out. We got music on the podcast apps, but not on yeah. YouTube. So I love how awkward it sounds sometimes, especially when I, like it's an interview and I'm, I do an intro and I'm like, yeah, we're going to, that interview is coming up right after we listen to such and such a band. And then on YouTube, we just go straight into the interview. I'm like, ha, oh, psych. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so find us wherever you find podcasts. You can find us on YouTube. If that's your choice, fine. Uh, but that'll do it. So, uh, bye-bye. Life.